0: You're listening to Wellbeing Connection, the CMHA Manitoba and Winnipeg podcast. I'm your host, James Wellsman.
1: The Canadian Mental Health Association, Manitoba and Winnipeg, wishes to acknowledge that we are gathered in Treaty One territory at the crossroads of the Anishinaabe, Metis, Cree, Dakota, Ojakree nations and on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe peoples and the homeland of the Métis Nation.
0: In this episode, James and Brandon provide a ride update. A little over a week after Brandon has completed his 330 Ride Challenge, he has some calls to action for you and some thoughts and feelings to share after having completed such a task. Then we have a conversation recorded prior to Brandon's 330 Ride Challenge with Eric and Holly Enns. Following that, James and Stephen have a conversation about intellectual wellness and how that relates to what's going on in Canada right now. None of the content in this podcast is intended to replace the advice given to you by your medical team. If you are in crisis, please phone the Manitoba Suicide Prevention and Support Line at 1-877-435-7170 or text CONNECT. To 686868 for the Kids Help Phone. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode eight of Wellbeing Connection. We are talking about intellectual wellness today, and we're also going to be recapping just here in this segment now about Brandon's Ride 330 Challenge and how that went how he's feeling after a little over a week of having completed the challenge.
2: Brandon, how does it feel? It feels really good. It's uh, I've had enough time now to really think back to, to the ride and all the little things that happened along the way. There were a lot of great moments that, you know, as a team, I think we were able to just enjoy um, some of our pain together at times and, um, and a lot of nice stops along the way. And it was just kind of a, Kind of a cool experience now that I can sort of it's been done. I've digested it. The legs are feeling a little better. I certainly have never experienced such stiffness in my legs um, after uh, after those first few days of recovery. So legs are better now. So that's nice. Took some much needed R&R after that ride. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to just think back to the little moments, just like, uh, you know, Emily and I talked about last time the climbing the tower at the end um just other things stopping at the beach uh you know to see the lake along the way um and just the great team support that we had to make something like that happen was, uh was fantastic and of course the the ability to ride with you know, we were able to ride with our family to do it can't uh, can't think of a better way to spend a weekend um well i can think of a more relaxing way to spend a weekend but Um, but it was a good time, so I'm happy to do it and looking forward to see what what it comes uh, along or along the path next year. So, speaking of relaxing weekends, James, how was your weekend? Yes, well,
0: uh, the same weekend of Ride Don't Hide, I participated in my ride. And if you've been listening to the podcast before, you would have heard that I was thinking of doing yoga, however, I pivoted a bit, so I I did a hike and this was something that was really important to me because this is something that I've wanted to do for over 10 years and just haven't gotten myself to do it and I did this by making a connection so instead of looking up what's the best hiking trail and finding some reviews from someone who I've never met before I reached out to Brandon and I said this is this is
2: something I want to do do you have any recommendations for someone new to this. And I and I've done a few a few hikes, so I know I know the area kind of pretty well. So it was kind of neat. I really appreciated that he reached out, and and this kind of relates so well to that intellectual wellness piece because um, you know, there's so many there's, there's a lot of hard things that that we can do in our life, and you know one way to accomplish that is just by reviewing what other people have done, um, and reaching out to that network of those around you. There's there's very few instances I think where where you're looking to do something and somebody hasn't already tried it. Um, and so taking the time to research it, certainly there's a physical component of, of a hike, of a bike ride. There's that mental component of doing it. There's also the planning stage where um, you need to research the length, uh, sort of where are your rest stops? What kind of gear do you need? How do you need to do it? Um, and that really is a part of how you accomplish a lot of your goals and how do you accomplish a lot of your your wellness goals. With our bike ride, we reached out to some really you know experienced riders that, that, that shared a lot of information. I knew some. Uh, but I wouldn't say I could have done that without the network that was around me to provide that information so um, yeah it was kind of neat I appreciate it when James reached out that's the thing right a lot of people you know don't be afraid to reach out for that support there's a lot of people that have done things that maybe you're looking to do and a lot many people are not afraid to share the, what they know um, probably enjoy it and it was kind of I think that was a great connection right such a well-being connection there if you I may go. say so. oh <laughs> So how was the hike, James? Yeah, it was really great.
0: I got to rest my mind in a lot of ways, put my phone away, only took a couple of pictures.
2: You got to take more next time. You know, that's the biggest mistake people make. They don't take enough photos of stuff. But I was able to really get out of it what I wanted, which was to
0: disconnect a bit and to let my mind wander as I saw the complex visual stimuli around me, all these plants, all these animals. (laughs) blueberries eating some superfood along the way getting to forage connecting with what it would have been like to be a hunter gatherer and in that moment i was the gatherer and i really enjoyed it you get to really scan your environment and say like what are the good blueberries what are the bad blueberries and make sure you go for it it's good to try new things but make sure you are i didn't know there uh, were bad blueberries uh, there's some are there there's some that are a little more sour as i learned. Oh, okay, uh, gotcha, Just gotcha. make sure you're eating the right berries. Uh, oh, yeah. there's some decoys around there that you wouldn't want to mm-hmm. eat. So make sure you look up how to navigate the outdoors safely too. But it's really good way to challenge the mind also a good way to give a rest for your mind when you're going into whatever intellectually demanding task you're doing throughout the week.
2: Which uh which hike did you do, James? McGivray, ray so James is from Ontario, so he's not familiar with our manitoba parks area but yeah McGilbury falls and gotta bug him a little bit
0: highly recommend it and i also recommend learning pronunciation of place names from people that you know in your life because it was an opportunity to laugh just now and here we go Uh, last
2: person from, from toronto that we had here called uh portage avenue the portage avenue that was me it wasn't, wasn't you, actually. It was someone else from Toronto. Oh, Real bad at it. Oh, so <laughs> good.
0: Well, thanks, Brandon. Uh, let's go on to the rest of the podcast. Thank you.
1: Hey, this is
2: Brandon, the Ride On Hyde ambassador for 2021, um, and uh, I wanted to share a little bit of a story that uh, came my way here with Holly Entz and her dad, Eric. Uh, so Holly, um, tell us really quickly what you do at CMHA, and we'll kind of jump into how this all kind of kind of transpired.
3: Okay, uh, yeah, my name's Holly. Um, I just started working at the CMHA um, probably like five weeks ago. I work in the bounce back program as the administrative assistant. Um, And before that, though, I've been involved at CMHA for years in the Learning Center as a participant in the Employments with Support uh, program as a participant and doing the yoga here when they used to do that. And yeah, I've enjoyed a lot of the things as a community member that CMHA has to offer. And yeah, now just started working here and got involved with Ride, Don't Hide for the first time.
2: So just someone that's had a strong connection from the community and now also um, contributing from the uh, from from working here as well, and so that's that's just fantastic in of itself. And so I was chatting with Holly one day about uh, ride don't hide and a few other things, and she mentioned that her dad Eric uh, is is participating, uh, and we've got Eric here too. So um, Eric, can you just tell me like how your ride went, um, what what you do, and uh, just how it all went?
4: Oh hi, uh, Eric ends here. Uh, Yes, uh, my ride went well. I rode on Monday on the 21st of June. Uh, I had a, uh, the day started quite cool. I think my starting temperature was two degrees. So clothing was a bit of a challenge, knowing what to wear, knowing it would warm up. So basically I had a a jacket with removal of sleeves and that sort of thing. And um, that part was well. Uh, I was rolling by uh, 6.40 a.m., and uh, the first leg of the trip went really well to uh, Boziger. Had uh, sunny skies, uh, you know, c- kind of a crosswind, but uh, that part, that part, all worked well. It was four-lane highways, so traffic uh, was uh, no, not an issue at all. So I got to Boziger in really good spirits. Stopped yes. for a break there, <laughs> and uh, took off a layer because uh, feeling like the sun was gonna you know continue to get warmer and uh it started up again just that i had my lunch at the Brokenhead river or breakfast i guess you would call it
2: and uh, we got it we have a nice photo of that
4: oh yeah <laughs> then i continued and within five minutes it clouded over the wind changed direction and it cooled off <laughs> <laughs> so now i was okay Great. It's um, I've got more of a headwind, and, it, and it's cooling off. Uh, I'm now on a two-lane highway with a gravel shoulder. Uh, the, the traffic is becoming an issue. Uh, and, you know, shortly it started to drizzle and rain a bit, and uh, the roads were wet. I was getting wet, but I, I didn't feel like stopping to change. I was thought, well, it could change again in five minutes, so and, you know, I had an incident where, uh, well, I'll just say what I'm surprised at uh, in a highway like that, where there's not really that much traffic, but it's amazing how often the oncoming traffic meets the traffic riding in the same direction you are. So now you have three, three crossing at the same time. And this happened several times. And the and one time it happened with a gravel truck. And I really, I really got a scare. I was, I was on the shoulder. know i think part of that tells me uh maybe these two-lane highways aren't a good idea for for a bike because the bike never wins in that situation so uh i had i did have a little rear view mirror on my bike which you were asking about things that are good to have along on a trip like this that that's helpful because it kind of lets you see what's coming and and from and from that scare on whenever i saw that situation arriving i just went on the shoulder and just said no i'm not worried about. Losing a bit of time here because I'm going on the
2: gravel or something like that. So. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and let's just say, um, as far as losing a bit of time, I don't. I mean, I'm not sure what your normal pace is, but uh, averaging 29.2 kilometers an hour, I think on that trip. Hey, though, I got a pretty good time. So, um, and Eric, so your total distance? What was your total distance? And how long did it take you to to get to your destination?
4: The total distance was, I believe, uh, 164.8. You know about a, about a mile from the finish line i checked my i checked my strava and it told me i was at 156.8 and i said okay. well i told everyone i told everyone i was going on a 160 kilometer ride so i better make sure i get 160 kilometers in here uh 160.2 kilometers is 100 miles they said i'm not going to come up short on a century ride <laughs> <laughs> so i did uh I did add a little extra at the end, a little extra route just to make sure. And then it ended up being, uh, 164.5 or eight or something like that. So yeah, well in, well into the 160. So that, that was good. And I think the, the total time start to finish was six hours and seven minutes and change. And then the, uh, the actual moving time was, uh, five five hours and 35. So yes, I was, uh, quite happy with all those numbers. That was, that was, that actually was beyond my expectations. So.
2: Yeah. I'm, I was quite impressed and, uh, and obviously thinking ahead to, to the ride that I want to do, I, I was just thinking that if we can maintain anything close to what you did, I'll be happy. I guess, tell me a little bit about, um, like why you were riding. So you were, you're just spinning ride down high. Tell me a little bit about, um, what brought you to do this. I think you were saying that there was a bit of a, like a family tradition that was part of this, but, but why why combine that with ride don't hide?
4: Yes, for sure the family tradition is part of it, and it's a uh, it's kind of a th- yeah that's a thing. Um, ride don't hide. Uh, I I'm a retired firefighter, and I and I you can't help but see the amount of uh, mental illness that is out on the streets and and around. So I would encounter it often in in. in you know, in a, in a, in a week's shift. And also we have, uh, we have, we have it in our family and it just seemed to me, it just made sense when Holly approached me about it. It just, it just really made sense to do this. And it wasn't even an effort. It just felt good.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's, that's part of why I think, um, ride on is, is one of those, one of those movements. That's just so, so meaningful. It's, uh, there's all these personal stories behind it. And then it's, it's doing something that, um, that is difficult. You know, showing what you've done it really brings, helps to bring mental health into the open. Um, it helps to, helps to really raise funds for um, for, mm-hmm. our, for, our youth, for our mental health services. Can you tell me a little bit about kind of how your fundraising went? What was the, what was the reception when you kind of started saying to people, hey, I'm going to do this big ride um, and this is what we're fundraising for? How did that all go?
4: It went quite well. Every, everyone was uh, very positive. Uh, you know, I set my goal at a thousand dollars. I surpassed that pretty quickly. Um, so I was pretty happy with that. I used uh, social media for the most part to spread the word. Some people had some issues with the format of the, uh, the fundraising. Some people were hesitant about putting credit cards online and th- that sort of thing. Uh, wondering if there was an e-transfer option or some something else, but uh, that would be the only hiccup I would say. Quite well, and people were receptive, and it's just a real range of donations, you know. So,
2: yeah, no, that's 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 good. Um, and and Holly, um, how does it feel, um, kind of from your perspective? Your dad was riding that day, and I just I think I remember just seeing the look on your face. Just seemed to be just so positive and and happy. Um, just knowing that your dad was doing this, but like, how does it, how does it feel to kind of know that he was supporting, uh, you know, the place that you work uh, with, so, with such an amazing, such an amazing feat. Um, how did that feel from your perspective?
3: Well, I was just kind of uh, blown away at how easy it was to get him to participate. I think I had just listened to the podcast that you and James had done, and you were talking about your ride, and it just reminded me of my dad a lot. And so I let him know, oh, like, this ride is happening. Oh, I think I just wanted to know, like, do you think you could do this ride? Like, I wanted to compare, like, what he had done to what you guys were doing. And then I heard through my mom that he was excited about doing this ride with you guys. And and I had to kind of clarify. But yeah, no, I was super, um, super pumped. And and I didn't realize, Dad, this is your first time doing that ride since you had your accident. Yep. so that like that adds even more and you had mentioned to me since that like maybe you won't do that that stretch anymore because it's a little too traumatic and yeah. and um yeah I don't know it, it is about facing your fears not saying that you need to do that again though
4: <laughs> I think a better route would be uh like a tour of the white shell I think would be a nice yeah. route it is a, it is a two lane highway but it's 80 kilometer speed limit and just you know there's not the big trucks and traffic it's Mostly cottagers and campers and that sort of thing.
2: Let Let's circle back to that just for a moment here, because you had you had alluded to this, Eric, um, previously that, that you that you had been hit by a car recently. So this ride wasn't only, you know, a physical challenge for you. Um, but imagine this was also like a like a mental mental game perspective. This would have been challenging. Can you talk a little bit about kind of how you overcame that? Um, I have a bit of experience with that sort of a thing, which I also was hit by a car. And I know that, you know, for me, that it took, took, has taken some time to get through that. Um, but same stretch that you previously had, had that accident, and then you were able to do it through that. Tell me, speak to how that process worked and and kind of what that was like for you.
4: Okay. It it, was, it was the same route, but it was a a different stretch of highway, different part of the route. Um. But, uh, well, I, I got into it and I knew before the ride started that this was going to be the difficult stretch because it's a uh, hundred kilometers an hour and it's, you know, gravel shoulders, two-way traffic. Um, I just went into it thinking to myself, I'm going to, I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going to try to be aware of what's going on around me and uh, really have faith that the drivers on the highway are going to be aware of their surroundings, which isn't a given, given all the distractions drivers can be dealing with these days, uh, I made sure I had a bright light on my bike um, or uh, you know, some bright, clo- my, my helmet is pretty bright colored. So I was visible, as far as mental, uh, hard to say, like I, I went into it positively, but I was scared by the end. By the end of that 20 mile stretch I was pretty scared and I had to uh I kind of said to myself you know uh this isn't a good idea you're you're not proving anything to anybody here so that's I I don't think I overcame anything (laughs) and I I did it but I'm still scared so
2: (laughs) that that would certainly be something that would be challenging for sure and uh, the capacity to to think past that and still to, to keep going right i mean i think that that's uh that's perseverance that you showed through that
4: fear is a great motivator <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't tired at all <laughs> <I was going laughs> to <talk. I> <laughs> yeah yeah
2: all of a sudden those legs are moving a little bit more right yeah yeah you'll you'll look back at your heart rate prior, yes. yeah, heart rate monitor you'll look back in there and you'll see that bit of a spike during that section right and it's not For because sure. you were going extra hard well you were but A lot of it was due to some other factors Mm -hmm. there right yeah no that's uh it's it's all just wonderful to hear and 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 holly uh if it would have been any other um time of year uh wasn't involved with COVID, um probably would have made it work to have you come with (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think uh and, and i hope that like my i mean i'm not sure what steven has for plans for the future but um, I would love it if this turned into some sort of a ride that maybe it was a bit of a bigger group ride at some point. I'm not sure if you've heard of Juno Maliped, who does Trash uh, a Trash Stigma fundraiser. He's a, he's a runner, and every mm-hmm. year he does a really long uh, run fundraise. He does it for many organizations, and CMHA is one of them. Um, and so, you know, just one of the things that really stood out to me that when I was chatting with him on the podcast... Was um, he was saying that when you want to do hard things, he said one thing that is helpful for you is to think about why you do it. <laughs> so when you're running or when you're cycling, you have a lot of time with your thoughts, and so thinking about the reason why you're doing this, why are you? What's your what's your motivation to do this? And so for me, I think about stories like this. To be honest with you, when I hear about you know my coworkers saying, "Hey, you know my dad's doing a ride," or or I'm I'm knitting a scarf to a Ride Don't Hide this year. That's my ride because I can't cycle something like that. I just find that to be so uh, inspirational. And so, but the other thing he said is that not only think about why you're doing it, but surround yourself by people that have similar values and are doing kind of the same thing. And so um, that's my kind of, I'm not sure how this, will, this, how this will work, but my hope is that eventually maybe you know, when we can do physical rides again, that, that we can truly start surrounding ourselves and not just on Zoom yeah <laughs> uh, but we can start surrounding ourselves with other people that have similar values because i think I think mm-hmm. then we can achieve so much more so but um yeah
4: I know when I was riding i was i was uh i was thinking of all the people that had contributed to my ride, and that was really helpful that that really made gave me motivation to you know i wanted to make them proud as well that they sponsored a you know not a winner or whatever but just a person that uh they, they, they sponsored a good cause and, and, and it, was a, it was a good motivation for me to, to think of those people while I was riding because they were, they were also part of the reason I was riding. So.
2: Yeah. All the people that took the time to, to log on to your ride, your donor page, to make a contribution, whatever that contribution was, big or small, it's all, all helps. Um, thinking about all the people that have, have kind of rallied behind you because they knew that what you're doing was important. And um, and and what we were raising funds for uh, was important too. So yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's uh, that's just such a this is all such a beautiful story, and it's uh, probably probably one of the best Friday day makers uh, in a while. So and certainly uh, from a personal perspective, also probably exactly what I needed to to sit in on today uh, as I'm heading out tomorrow. So yeah, um, I, I but, bolted
4: a set of uh, I bolted a set of arrow bars on my bike. Okay. And uh, because I have a shoulder issue, it, okay. it helps to, for me to have a a few a few positions to be in on the bike to change it up uh, a bit, and also it uh, it helps a bit if you're dealing with wind it gets you down arrow
2: arrows. I was thinking about getting some of those. They're they're a little. They're, I was looking at some and I wasn't sure if they were going to quite be in the budget, but yeah, I was I was thinking about getting some, but I hope I'll be okay without it. I know there's, there's a few positions that I can go into the yeah. yeah no it's it's, yeah
4: your your ride is how far what's the distance are you guys going there and back is that that what i read
2: yeah so we're aiming for that 330 number i mean obviously we're going to achieve it (laughs) um so it'll be about it's about 160 kilometers there and back give or take um so we may need to do like to get to the exact 330 we may need to just kind of circle around a little bit similar to what you did just to make sure um so it'll be over two days which is nice. Like I can't, I couldn't imagine doing more than 160 kilometers in a day. I think that's just it's
4: a pretty big know, push. Yeah,
2: that's a big push. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll do it over two days, um, Saturday Sunday. So head there, have a relaxing Saturday night, and 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 do it again. So um, yeah, we've got uh, we've got some people that are really uh, you know helpful for prompting us with diet and, and hydration. Okay. So. I know that's a really important factor. Um,
4: I, had, a lot of uh, I had macaroni and cheese and tuna the night before, so that's a tip. For okay,
2: you. <laughs> that's good to know. I was thinking about what my uh, what my meal would be tonight as I was Here as I was sipping my coffee this morning. So
4: yeah, um, and you know because of the cold weather, because of the coolness of the ride, I only went through a water bottle and a half the whole ride. Really, I couldn't believe it. Like I know other years. When I've done it I've gone through probably six liters of water yeah you know and this year I just I was I wasn't cold I mean I wasn't thirsty I had a bottle huh. of Gatorade, a bottle of water and I, I did drink a bunch of water before I left the house in the morning Yeah, and, just, and I was not really getting thirsty I was almost making myself drink water
2: <laughs> so, yeah so you're getting uncomfortable almost you're yeah and then
4: interesting. I, I had a couple Shoved in the back of my jersey. And <laughs> <that> was...
2: <laughs> I've got some I've got some beef jerky marinating upstairs. I'm about to throw in the dehydrator. <laughs> not sure if that's that's good enough, but yeah, no, that's interesting because I'm I uh I'm planning to drink a lot of water, but yeah, I guess if it's not that hot and it's a little bit cooler, you, you probably don't need to. So uh, yeah,
4: the like I could carry three water bottles on my bike and I didn't even open the third one. Really? Huh. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. So oh. I, wrote a, I, I just bought a gravel bike. So okay, yes. bike I rode and uh, I really it, it was really comfortable.
2: Yeah, you know, my brother just bought a gravel bike too um and he was he's been just saying the same thing. Uh, the rest of us will be on pure road bikes um right. but but he will have that nice spot, kind of I guess advantage right if the road gets a little wonky and certainly Probably a little more comfortable too, I'd imagine. So,
4: yeah, the frame isn't as, as stiff and uh, you have a bit more of uh, volume in your tires to absorb.
2: Yes, I won't keep you. I know, Holly, you're uh, you're taking some time out of your work day. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you, Eric. And um, maybe uh, we'll, I'll try to, try to find each other on Strava, maybe, and then you can uh, check my recap over the weekend and whatnot. For sure. So, I yeah, will do awesome. that. Perfect. Okay. Well, thanks right. so much. I'll. Uh, thanks so much guys i really appreciate it and and you know special thanks uh, eric for participating and, and uh doing, doing your ride that's amazing so that's uh, real awesome thank you
4: and, and good luck with your ride this weekend thank yeah, you very much. much yeah you got, you got warm weather anyway yeah I don't know, you know how, i mean uh, generally with warm weather comes south wind so half of your ride should be good <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> I, know. I know and, and at that point that's uh there's nothing you can do. You can't fight the wind. You just got to accept no. it and learn how to ride
4: Manitoba, it. Manitoba mountains. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
2: Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: With all this, it's really important to be able to touch on some of the current events happening right now. So we were having a discussion of... What is it that I can do?
1: Absolutely, and so we know that our our Indigenous friends and in communities across Canada are are really grieving and have so many competing emotions regarding the the discovery of all these unmarked graves. And and what I continue to hear day and day, uh, in and out from my my friends and colleagues is, you know, this learning opportunity that we have as you know settler descendants that we have to unlearn a lot of things to learn and then to celebrate. And so one of the things that, that I know myself and, and my family has been doing is doing a lot of reading, uh, taking the Indigenous course, Canada, uh, but also the, my commitment of the 94 calls to action from the TRC. You know, learning what are those and, and what ones really apply to what can I do to advocate change in the world that I live in, the community that I live in? And I think, you know, James, this is a great opportunity for our, our listeners to to consider, you know, what are they going to do? Uh, how are they going to have that conversation that they need to have? We were just talking about like language too, of of sometimes, you know, we have a neighbor next to us, and maybe English is not their first language, but learning what that language is and learning how to greet our neighbor. That again, like. That intellectual wellness really dives into that.
0: It's so true. When we're learning something, we're learning something to benefit ourselves, our own wellness. But it's so much about the overall good in the world and everything like that. I was talking with a colleague of mine who was talking about learning an endangered indigenous language. And I thought about how important that might be for me to pursue. And so I want to look through bookstores, pick up a book, look up those resources, challenge myself to do something I don't normally do. I think I deleted my uh, language learning app not too long ago thinking, oh, I'll never get to this. But when it's something really important, when you know what's going on and you want to learn more about the culture around you, it's It's something that I do that I hope can be meaningful to someone else. And when I can greet someone in their language, I think that will make all the difference.
1: And I often say to people, you know, we don't have to be perfect at this, you know, but and I think that's what kind of limits us sometimes is that we really feel like we have to have it right and we have to do it the right way in order to start and this is the beautiful thing about learning and picking up that that book you know to get that stain out is you know you learn like you got that stain out congratulations but but you could have not got that out and could have been really discouraged and kind of threw the book away you know but part of it is just kind of persevering and looking at our own resilience and looking at the opportunity to learn and then who doesn't want to share a success and so kind of riding that wave but, but starting somewhere. And again, don't be afraid to start.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Steven. That really inspires me to just open the first page of that endangered indigenous language book and learn and be able to share that with others too. Share whatever hello may be in that language. I'm yet to know, but I'm excited to learn. Thank you everyone for having joined us today. It's a great idea to express gratitude at all times for the people around you, So thank you, Brandon, Eric, Holly, Stephen, for joining me today. Thank you, Marion and Shelby, for the land acknowledgement and disclaimer. Take the time to thank your family, your loved ones around you today. Take care. Thank you.